What's up, guys? Thanks for joining us. This is Danny Langloss. Hey, if you're not following us on LinkedIn, please connect, follow us. We're posting daily leadership, mindset, motivation content. Also linked in this podcast description is an article we wrote titled Employee Engagement 10X, The Seven Pillars of Ownership. Ownership changes the game. Ownership is our team members' extreme psychological and emotional commitment to the team, to the organization, to our goals, to our purpose. It's when people do things because it's important to them, not because they're told to do it. Changes everything. All right, here we go. Let's get after it. There are so many things that impact our ability to achieve success, but none are more important than leadership. Individuals, organizations, and communities rise and fall with leadership. We are here to help you rise. Thank you for joining us. This is the Leadership Excellence Podcast. What's up, guys? This is Danny Langloss, and you're listening to the Leadership Excellence Podcast. Super excited to share something a little extra with you this week. I'm preparing for a major presentation with a company that I work with. Incredible, incredible company. Uh, Several things going on at this event. One of the things I'm going to talk about is the power of expectations. You see, expectations are one of a leader's greatest tools. Expectations are the way for us to predict the future. If you if you listen and, and you fill out a lot, you know, we, we love to use the phrase, the best way to predict the future is to create it. Leaders are creating the future every day. With expectations and, and clear expectations and expectation statements, right? These statements give a very clear picture something that is uh, simple, something that's specific, something that's realistic to create the behaviors, the performance, mindset, ultimately the culture and the results of the organization. You see, we believe that most people come to work and want to be successful. They want to achieve their full potential. In order for them to do that, they need certain things, right? They need training. They need good onboarding. They need coaching, mentoring. They need resources. Um, they need people uh, working together in collaborative environments, right? There, there's, there's all these things that, that people need to be successful when they come in. But one of the things that we often forget in that is to establish clear and realistic expectations. Now, I said clear and realistic because what I see a lot is I see a lot of unclear expectations that are unrealistic, okay? And so we do need to make sure that as we create expectations and expectation statements that we'll talk about, that they are realistic and that they do apply to the person who is fulfilling those those expectations. So, So why expectations? Why expectation statements? Great organizations have great vision, they know where they're going, and they have great communication, right? Communication is such an essential component of great teams, great organizations, great leadership. And when we create these kind of expectations, we're using what we believe are one of a leader's greatest tools. And and that tool is proactive communication. So when we create these expectation statements and when we communicate them to our team members, and we'll get into the implementation of those here in a little bit, right? We, we are doing something that 90% of organizations are not doing. We're letting our people know what it takes to be successful, what they can expect, how they contribute to the team, things like we said on, on mindset. 
Another thing clear expectations do, and this communication does, is it eliminates uncertainty. And we know uncertainty generates fear. It generates anxiety. Uh, it generates a lot of concern. Uncertainty and a lack of expectations may also lead to false beliefs of fairness, a lack of fairness and consistency, false beliefs of favoritism. Um, and so establishing these expectations is so important. We talk about the power of expectations. These expect expectations are the groundwork, right? They are the foundation of our team members' success, the team's success, and then the success of the organization as, as a whole. And when we do that, we're going to increase productivity, cr increase creativity, increase innovation, increase teamwork, increase that positive work environment, in, 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 in increase efficiencies, and then increase uh, sales, profits, service, whatever industry you're in. So let's talk about creating these expectations. One of the things that's super important, and I did that right at the beginning of the show, is to start with why. Why are we creating expectation statements? Why are we creating those? And Because expectation statements, guys, they're in writing, but you just don't hand them to somebody and say, here they are. Uh, they're in writing, but we sit down and go over these. Um, and depending on the situation and the environment and, and what you have, generally in small teams, small groups, right? But that's when we already have them. So we don't want to get to implementation yet. We want to get to creating the expectations. So when we're going to create the expectations, what we want to do is start with our senior leadership and our frontline leaders, start with our leadership team. And again, start with why, which I've already done for you. Why are we creating these expectations? Why are these expectations important? The second thing that you want to communicate is that we want to be inclusive. We, we don't want to be the, those leaders or those bosses or those organizations that create expectations without truly understanding how those expectations help people boots on the ground, right? When, when people carry out these expectations at the, the front line or uh, the frontline supervisor or the middle management or an administration, okay, because there's different ones for each levels, okay, we want to make sure they're, they're applicable. We want to make sure that they're realistic. We want to make sure that they help create what it is. So we need to be inclusive and we need to figure out ways to involve every layer of the organization. That doesn't mean every single person of the organization. Although in a small company, it may, but we do want to involve all the different layers. And when we roll out an implementation, we'll want to share the fact we did that. Well, why do we want to involve different layers in addition to the fact that we want to make sure, right? We want to make sure that what we're implementing works and makes sense boots on the ground, that it's helping people create the culture, create the strategy, create the performance, create the behaviors. Okay. The second reason is, 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 is another very simple reason. And that is people support what they create, right? People support what they create. Now, some people say, Danny, be careful. Hold on. Take a step back. When you start giving people input and you don't implement what it is they wanted, now you've created a worse situation. I, no, I disagree. I don't, I don't think that's the case. When, when we create an environment for people to give their opinion and to be involved like, with things like this, we tell those people some very important things. We tell them that they matter. We tell them that they're important. We tell them we trust them. We tell them we care about what they think. Okay. We tell them we respect them. And so just by doing that, we're setting that framework of belonging. Okay. And if you follow in our, our seven pillars of ownership, 
framework, sense of belonging is number two. It also allows us to create very high levels of psychological safety because they're interacting with us in a way that's a very humanistic way. They're being powered to share. There, there's no judgment. There's no shame. There's no rejection. We're taking in all these ideas. Now, let's go to part two of that. Okay, so somebody thinks that this should be an expectation statement or that it should be a little different in the expectation statement and you don't go with it. Look, people get it. All their ideas aren't going to just be put into place, right? That that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that it creates hard feelings. No, people just want to have a voice. When, when we tell when we give people a voice, they know they matter. They know that they're important. They know they're significant to the organization. That's a, a big part of what, what people want and need. So we do want to find ways to say yes. We do want to find ways to give people wins, but just because somebody has an idea doesn't mean we can't tweak it, shift it, push it down the road. But the fact we're hearing it is important. We can set an expectation when we get people together, say, we want to get as many ideas, as many thoughts, what's important around here? What do we value? You know, what makes this a great place to work? How do we want to see people interact? How do we want to treat the customer? You know, what do we think about failure? What do we think about creativity and innovation? And, and say, look, there's going to be a lot of ideas. There's going to be a lot of great things. And, and just like we can't take on a hundred goals as a company, we probably won't be able to implement all the ideas, but we'll take them and we'll keep looking to get 1% better. We'll keep looking to add layers of greatness. Another thing that these expectations do is allow us to align the values of the company. And if, if, if people don't know the values of your company, they need to know them. You know, the values of the city of Dixon, where I'm the city manager or on the wall on the first floor. You know, the values of our team and our leadership teams, like things like, what's our values? Service, empathy, teamwork, communication, competency, justice, diversity, innovation, inclusion, excellence, right? So as we create these expectation statements, we want to make sure that they're in line with our values. And as we're working through this in an implementation, and, and we explain why this expectation statement is in place, we want to make sure people can see the value alignment, right? And how it overall helps us serve our customer better, serve our community better, serve each other better, serve our team member better, okay? So by being part of these, creating these expectations, it helps people see the bigger picture. And it helps us see the, the smaller picture, right? And the smaller picture isn't any, any less important than the bigger picture. But in the smaller picture, that's where we're looking right in front of us. What do we need to do right now? What do we need to do in 10 minutes? What do we need to get done today, right? When we create expectation statements, we help our team members see the bigger picture and they help us see how it impacts what they do day to day. So we, we've got, we started with why and we talk about the importance of expectations, right? When we give these expectations, we let people know this is what it takes to succeed around here. This is the kind of culture we're trying to create. This is the kind of behaviors we want to see. This is the kind of performance we're going after. Um, all right. It eliminates uncertainty. When, when people have certainty, they can be confident. They can show up as in full selves. They know where they stand and they know if they align with your organization, right? So it sets the tone for the culture. It predicts the, the future. And we need to make sure that they're, they're clear, they're specific. All right. Um, they're, they're simple, they're realistic. So now let's step to implementation. So now we've had our work groups. Uh, we've got a leadership team on board. We've gone out, we, we've got our work groups on board and we've created expectations. And so as a, as a police chief, we created expectation statements for patrol officers. 
expectation statements for sergeants. And then the administration consisted of myself and two lieutenants. So we had expectations for lieutenants and, uh, and, and myself, the chief. And so the expectation statements for the patrol officers, we had a mindset thing right at, right at the top. One of, one of my favorite um, things from Jim Collins. And the quote is, the enemy of great is good. As long as we're satisfied with doing a good job, we'll never do a great job. So we start right there, this commitment to excellence, this commitment to always doing what it is we do to the very best of our ability so we can create safer communities, right? And, and that's really what it's all about when you're talking about being a police officer. And there's so much that goes into that. So you set that standard, the enemy of great is good. We're never going to be satisfied with doing a good job. We're always going to be looking to do a great job. So as we said before, with implementation, we can either sit with people one-on-one. -on -one, and so our frontline supervisors can roll these out, right? This doesn't have to be the top administration, although it can be. It can be a combination of middle management and frontline or executive management and frontline and middle management, however you want to do it. And so if you're a supervisor of 14 members, you can sit with all four of them at the same time and go through it. They should know what's coming because they know they're these work groups and people had a chance to sign up for them, right? And you sit and you go through them. And when you go through them, it's very important as you read them out loud and have conversation about them that we start with why and we explain why the expectation is important to the, to the group, to the team, to them, right? To our customer, our citizens. And, and by doing that, we, we're going to create more buy-in. Uh, Generation X is, is known for when they're asked to do something or told to do something or moving in this direction. Well, why? They just want to know why. And once they understand why, then you get that buy-in and then they can do it to their highest level. So I'm just going to go through one of the expectation statements for patrol officers, one of the first one. We expect you to support and strive to accomplish the goals of the police department, regardless if they're in concert with your personal feelings. We expect you to adhere to and always try to meet these expectations, whether you agree with them or not, right? So, and especially in policing, in the military, so in quasi-military organizations, it's really important that once we've made a decision, we're going in a certain way, that people are getting on board with it and they're complying with it. This is important first and foremost for safety reasons, right? But we to be a great organization, we can't be disjointed. We can't all be going in different directions. We have to be rowing together in the boat towards that common goal. Now, when we explain this, we'll say, now, you know, in our organization, we're very inclusive and we have expectations down the line here that talk about if you see a problem, if you're upset about something, come and talk to your immediate supervisor, you know, talk to middle management about this. Uh, so we can get it on the table, so we can address it, so we can explain why, so we can work through it, so we can have an opportunity to make a change. But at the end of the day, when we've decided to go in a specific direction, that's the direction we need to go. And we need to have a positive can-do attitude when we do it. You know, another expectation, something that's simple that'd be, be an expectation across any organization. We expect you to be on time for work, dressed in the proper uniform with the proper equipment. Your uniform should be clean and your leather gear should be maintained as present a professional image. Hey, super important, right? If we're not on time, if we've only got half of our shift and we have a major incident, we cannot respond to that. The officers aren't as safe as they need to be. The community members on whatever call aren't as safe as they need to be. And then the professional demeanor. We are a society, like it or not, that is big on first impressions. And so 
when we show up and set that impression and that professional appearance, that's so important. That's not just in policing. You know, you think about, um, you know, online sales, right? Somebody shows up, you're virtual, you're on a Zoom, you know, they're sitting on their couch, slumped over, the couch is a mess, they got a ripped t-shirt on, they haven't done their hair. Are you going to buy from them? No, no. We need to show up as the professional, right? So people believe from their first impression and appearance of us that we are that professional. That will begin that trust, that respect, that rapport building, and that will set us up to be successful in our job. I'll share one more. We expect you to come to work with a positive attitude. You should constantly strive to have a smile on your face while being positive and friendly with citizens and coworkers. So if you're not serving a community with customers and coworkers, even at times you may not care about the situation, you're expected to project a caring attitude, especially when dealing with customers and citizens. We expect you to present a professional image and to provide the best possible services at all times. We expect you to not be rude or abrasive while at work. Right? This is a big thing. So this is going to set tone and culture about how we're going to treat each other. You know, when somebody walks in in the morning and, and you're in the room, look to them, greet them, smile, say hello. You know, create that positive interaction, and they should do the same. And when we're dealing with our customer or our citizens, that positive energy, that positive attitude, that warm and welcoming helps establish trust, helps establish that rapport, lets people know, oh, I belong here. This is this is where I belong. And it's such an important thing to people. The other thing is, is that something might be important to somebody else that we don't understand. That's okay, right? But But we can't act like it's not a big deal. We have to meet people where they're at. We have to utilize another one of, you know, leader's greatest tools, empathy, try to create understanding, have compassion with that situation and do our best to help them because we don't know what the person in front of us is going through. You know, they may have just lost a mother or father. They may have somebody in the hospital with COVID. They might have been impacted by the, the social justice and civil unrest, right? We don't know what's happening. They might have just had a bad night's sleep because like, like me, you know, we've, we've got a two-month-old baby, right? So you don't know what's going on with the person across from you. And, you know, just being kind, having a positive attitude, being friendly, so important. So as we implement these, you know, as, as the leader implementing, we got to be positive. We got to be passionate. We got to be upbeat. We've got to tie it to the bigger picture. We got to tie it to the day-to-day things and let people know why it's important. So once we've done that and we've gone through the expectation statements, okay, once we've done that and we've gone through the expectation statements, we need to get agreement and commitment to those. Okay. We need to get agreement and commitment to the expectation statements. This is a big deal. This is a big deal. The, the, the document that they will get and they will keep, okay, they'll get one and they'll keep it, but then they will also sign one that says they are committing to meeting these expectations. When they do, that's a little more serious, right? That's a bigger commitment. It shows, hey, we're serious about this. This is important. And by saying we're serious about that, this is important, by having them sign it, they're much more likely to do it. They do establish that deeper commitment. And it really, and I I promise you, it significantly reduces the amount of negative behaviors, actions, attitude, mindset that we're going to encounter because we've set a clear expectation to this. So one thing I do want to talk about 
just a little bit before we step into accountability and close up is there, there's different kinds of, of expectations. There's individual expectations, team member expectations, right? The employee expectations. There, there are team expectations. So if you have a department that's procurement, right? Those team expectations and what they do there is probably going to be different than sales. There's going to be some things that are the same, this positive attitude, friendly, smiling, engaging, you know, coworkers and things is going to be the same. So we have those, you know, team expectations. And then we can also, as we put in here, we have mindset expectations, right? We can proactively begin to instill growth mindset versus fixed mindset. We can proactively create an environment where we say failure is our friend. Failure is nothing more than a step on our pathway to success and start creating that relationship with failure. All these things obviously have to be followed up on. There has to be consistency from leadership, from, from our team members day in and day out, living the expectations. But it allows us to do that. And then we can also create behavioral expectations. So there's several different kinds of expectations that are created. Okay, let's finish up by talking about accountability because accountability is, is where it's at. If you do not have accountability, as a leader, you can be a great coach, mentor, trainer. You can support people. You can care about them. You can demonstrate empathy. You can be the greatest listener, ask great questions. You know, you can even get out of people's way, not micromanage, empower them, give them the autonomy that they need. But if there's not accountability within an organization, if people are allowed to violate the expectations, violate policy and procedures, not treat other people with that dignity and respect and caring and friendly attitude, problems are going to exist. In 2008, when I became police chief at 33 years old, I immediately recognizing I had a lot to learn a lot to learn, uh, got involved in the International Chiefs of Police Mentoring Project. That's where I met my mentor, Brad Bloom. I've talked about him some of my different podcasts. He was the police chief of Hensdale. Now he is the assistant city manager, director of public safety. And I was dealing with some, some issues. There was, there was a lot going on in our culture at the time, which I'm not going to go into right now, but these expectations were something that really helped turn that around, that and a few other things. But, but Brad Bloom said something to me, and don't miss this. He said, Danny, people respect what's hard and they disrespect what's easy. I was working with uh, a client a few weeks ago and they were talking to a team member and, and this client and their organization, teamwork and family are huge, huge things. And his, his team member basically talked about, you know, he really didn't care about the team. He was just interested in himself and his own success. And so as we walk through this, I said, you know, John, this is something that you need to address. This was really bothering John, but John was afraid to address it because if he did, he was afraid he was going to upset the team member and he didn't want the team member not to like him. They had a good relationship. And I said, I said, John, it doesn't work like that. By not addressing it, first and foremost, your duty to your team member is to put them in a position to be successful right? And if this team member is out for themselves, doesn't buy in and believe in the team, isn't willing to help and support and champion other people, they're, they're not going to be successful. But you also owe it to the organization. Because if we allow people into this organization that won't come on board to this team and family concept and mindset, we're all in trouble. I said, thirdly, if you fail to address things that he's doing that are in violation with our expectations, with your expectations, 
what's expected of everybody else, right? He, he looks at you and disrespects you, right? He doesn't respect you anymore. He's going to walk on you. He's, this is going to be the first of many expectations or policies this person violates. And so this doesn't need to be a conversation where you confront them or have a negative conversation or yell or scream at them. It's a conversation that you have that's proactive, that comes from a place of caring, comes from a place of helping and supporting one to help this person reach their full potential because you know being a team player and, and, and is very important to this organization. And so we went through some things and some the power of questions that he could ask and such. And a couple of days later, he called me and said, Danny, you know, thank you so much for, for helping me work through that. I've never had to have this kind of a conversation with somebody. I was worried and scared about it, but it, it went incredibly well. The person was very appreciative. I talked to him. They're actually having a bad day. They want to do a great job. They're fully, you know, committed to our team and to our company. And, and now, you know, several months later, several months later, there, there are no issues. This team member is doing an incredible job. They're fully committed to the team. So we can get everything right as leaders. If we don't get accountability right, the whole organization will fall apart. There'll, there'll be a feeling that there's no fairness or consistency, that there's favoritism. Hey, why is this person going to do it and this person doesn't? And quite frankly, as human beings, you know, we, we, we like to be held accountable, right? Discipline is a very tough thing for us. I'm not talking about you know, firing somebody or suspending them, just that discipline to do the right thing day in and day out. So today we're talking about the power of expectations. Expectations are one of a leader's greatest tools. You know, we, we started with why communication is one of the, the fundamental things. Great communication, both, you know, verbal and, and, and written communication is one of the fundamental things of great teams and organizations. When we set clear expectations based on where it is we're going, we're predicting our future, we're setting the tone for our culture, we're eliminating uncertainty, which just destroys anxiety and fear. When we create these expectations, if we don't already have them, we want to involve every layer of the organization. Remember, people support what they create. When we roll them out and implement them to the entire, to the entire organization, right? We, want to, we can do that individually or in team groups. But as we go through them, you know, we want to explain, one, why were they created? right? We just covered that. But two, why are the specific expectation statements important? And then we need to get agreement and commitment. And then finally, if we have an issue, if somebody isn't meeting the expectation, it is our duty and responsibility to them as their supervisor to let them know that in a caring and compassionate way so they can reach their full potential. I've had conversations with people and, and the person, you know, I've been doing a good job. People tell me I'm, I'm good. I get good evaluations. You're saying that this has been a problem for six months. Nobody ever said anything to me. I thought I was doing the right thing, right? So I want to give a little reframe and a reshift to these, you know, courageous conversations, caring conversations, fierce conversations, corrective conversations, whatever you want to call them. They're very important. And that accountability is everything. So um, when this releases, you, know, you check the release date. You know, join us on LinkedIn. Join in on the conversation. Let us know what you think of this. We will we will post uh, some examples of expectation statements in the documents section on our LinkedIn profile at Danny Langloss. Uh, we'll also work to get them on our website. That's DannyLangloss.com. And so I'm really interested to get your take, to get your opinions, your ideas. What's worked for you? How have you done this? What works in your organization? Or hey. How's it going creating and implementing them? Again, this is precipitated. got a big presentation this coming week with this amazing, fast-growing company uh, in the technology space. 
Can't wait to sit down and talk about the power of expectations. So if you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing. Uh, Give us a rating and review so we can help reach more people organically. Please consider sharing this with your network, your friends. I mean, the Leaders Excellence podcast is really about helping leaders. That includes me grow 1% every day, continue to add layers of greatness to our great leadership, stay up on the most progressive things. And remember, always be committed to excellence.